Welcome to the podcast, Cannons on the Run, episode 31. A podcast out of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Frater Jonathan. And I'm Reverend Frater Jordan. And we are here back to tell you a little bit more about our lives and what's been going on most recently in formation for oh, us as Norbertines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, not a whole ton in terms of variety, but we have had some pretty awesome things happen most recently being that we are finishing up this semester of studies at Catholic Theological Union. Woo woo! Totally. I still, I'm almost done. I have a little bit to finish in terms of a final project, and then this semester will be done for me in the books, as they say. Deacon Jordan, um, yours is like a really boring semester, right? Like you just kind of finish things and that's all, right? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I was actually thinking the opposite. It's pretty Mm -hmm. exciting for you. I am done. <laughs> done, done, done. D-O-N-E. D-U-N, done. Oh, no, just, Those studies really should, paid off. Uh, <laughs> gonna have a good good old-fashioned paper burning. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. You had that. You said that moment in front of um, the Dr. Carol Brees. Oh, yeah. She was asking, how are your studies? And you're like, oh, I'm done after the semester. going to burn my papers. Oh, you're a professor. Pardon me. Oh, I um, suppose you don't like hearing that. She was very kind. She's she like, was. no, it's all about movement and growth. So she's like, I, I understand. <laughs> it, was a, it was a wonderfully pastoral response. <laughs> so you're honest. You're honest uh, expression of freedom. Foot in mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose as an academic, you wouldn't like hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it helped that you acknowledge that in front of her. So that was good. It made it a very mutual, a very mutual conversation. Yeah. So on Monday was my last class and last final in a funeral rite for Father Fragamini's class, uh, Presiding One. And so a group of five of us were leading a funeral rite, and Frater Jonathan was kind enough to be our musician, so played piano and was cantor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just added added some pizzazz to the rite. Mm-hmm. I was happy to do it. It's fun. Plus, it's very insightful for me to see what that class is like that I'll eventually be taking, to see working with uh, Father Fragamini and just what those classes that learning looks like ahead of time for me before I actually do take those classes. Mm -hmm. So it was insightful Mm -hmm. for me. So it was a nice way to top off my studies at Catholic Theological Union with a practical class. And Mm -hmm. I had Father Fragamini every year. So (laughs) how how more appropriate to end with him. (laughs) That is fantastic. Yeah. Outside of CTU, my only other variation outside of things at CTU is helping these last couple of Sundays at Immaculate Conception Parish. I'm working my way into helping with faith formation, with catechism with the students, and they meet on Sunday mornings, basically from 9.15 until 11. And there's also their parents stick around for adult faith formation also, which is a pretty cool thing. And then they stay for Mass at 11.15 at the parish. So that's starting to become a regular Sunday thing for me. So that's what my last couple of Sundays has been, is just observing it's a bilingual situation so that's great for me practicing english spanish yeah i was wondering what is it all in spanish or uh, they do it i think as i understand like a lot of bilingual parishes do that they'll have both options so kids can learn in english or they can learn in spanish and it just depends on well what languages they're able to speak and understand but also for especially for the spanish-speaking families if they want their kids to grow up still learning about the faith in Spanish, they'll ask that they be in a class where they're learning in Spanish because kids who are born in the U.S. and growing up here are hearing English all the time. They're going to school in English typically. Mm-hmm. So having catechism on Sunday in Spanish is one way to help make sure they're developing bilingually. They're developing bilingual skills. So it just depends. 
but with all the students at least if something's not working in spanish or i can't communicate you can switch to english and the kids are all bilingual so that's that's rather helpful it's been a nice experience there so that's about it everyone we're a little bit boring right now because it was the end of a semester so we really had to focus on studies and stuff our brains are mush <laughs> Uh, got to recover, which is, which is just fine. Mm -hmm. But as we were preparing for this episode, which is a welcomed distraction from the demand of studies and things, we both were reflecting on a conversation we had when we were carpooling at one point. Uh, I think we were coming back from Father Sal's funeral. It was, that's right. We were carpooling back together, back down to Chicago after being up at the Abbey. And at one point in the conversation, I brought up how I've been reading a lot and thinking a lot about joy and praying a lot about that too and looking at where does joy enter into my life and I remember we were as I shared that with you that we both recognize similarities but from different perspectives I was looking a lot specifically at how I experience and feel joy in my life and for you you had a little bit of a different take yeah mine really it's a both and nice. uh, no. <laughs> So you mentioned joy, and I, I, it caused me reflection of initially that was my big focus was joy, especially entering religious life. And from joy, I've started thinking more and more about holiness, right? So from my lens, from my perspective and experience, I go, joy is great, but for me, it's just a piece of, of the larger puzzle. Mm -hmm. And as we continue to talk about that, I remember... I felt like what we were expressing still related. Well, first of all, it was interesting for me to hear you say, you know, that was a similar thing for you in your first few years of religious life. Because even though we're essentially the same age, within a year of each other, that... You're older. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, wait, when do you turn 30? Yeah. You don't turn 30 till this spring, right? Yeah. Then you're going to be in this decade. It's a great decade. You'll be uh, fine. Don't worry. No. <laughs> um, so even though we're the same age about in religious order in religious life i'm in my beginning my third year you're beginning your sixth year so it was interesting for me to hear you reflect on that and that makes sense that's a different area of growth of understanding religious life and how that fits into your life you know including our life experience mm -hmm. so what i found that we both related to or what was similar between both of us was looking at this idea of what place does this have in our life for me the word was joy what place does joy have in my life for you, it was what place does this call to holiness have in your life? And as you just said, joy happens to be one of those expressions of that. But at this point in your religious life, it's the bigger question of this call to holiness, right? Right. So Correct. unpack that. Thank you. That's good to hear. So if you could unpack that some more for us, because I'm still learning as well from you in terms of how you're seeing that, this call to holiness. Yeah. So we're not... Uh throwing punches at each other, saying the other's <laughs> wrong here. But, I'm uh, right, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> so kind of how this idea and notion of holiness developed was, I recall a couple years ago or last year or something watching a YouTube video by Bishop Robert Barron, and it caused reflection in me to think about vocation and what is vocation. So each of us, God calls us, in a specific way to a specific vocation. And of course, in our Western context, even from our earliest origins, like I remember preschool teachers saying, you can be whatever you want to be. If you want to be the president of the United States, you can be the president of the United States. And it's like, 
land of opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. This is the foundation of the United States. And in reality, it's not always that way. And we become frustrated and angry. And I think some of it is justifiable in recognizing that we don't all have the same opportunities. And from that, you know, this video by Bishop Robert Barron, he laid it out of our goal isn't what we can be or who we are, but it's about who we are striving to be and who are we striving to be, but more united with God. And so that's holiness, that's growing in holiness. So our vocation isn't the end in and of itself to use philosophical language, but it's a means to an end. And our vocation leads us to become more holy. Mm-hmm. Right. Beautiful. And the line I remember you saying, which you were articulating here as well, is this idea that it's not about what I can or cannot do. And I remember when you brought that up, that really made me go, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's easy to get caught up in that is what I'm doing versus this journey toward holiness, that process of it. That's, that's really the end goal, the holiness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how fitting that earlier this year is this was kind of unpacking in my own spiritual development that Pope Francis came out with an apostolic exhortation entitled Gaudete et Exultate. Got a little bit of an Italian pronunciation to it. Uh, I like that. Nice must word. have been that time in, in Rome. Yeah, it really affected together. you. <laughs> <laughs> so the English then is on the call to holiness in today's world. Disclaimer, haven't read it all. Um, <laughs> But I love this line in it. Pope Francis says, To recognize the word that the Lord wishes to speak to us through one of his saints, we do not need to get caught up in the details. For there we might also encounter mistakes and failures. So even the saints who are holy experience mistakes and failures. Mm -hmm. But not everything a saint says is completely faithful to the gospel. Not everything he or she does is authentic or perfect. What we need to contemplate is the totality of their life, their entire journey of growth and holiness, the reflection of Jesus Christ that emerges when we grasp their overall meaning as a person. I love that. I find such hope and inspiration in the lives of the saints because of what Pope Francis is articulating there. They are human. They are imperfect. There's just such inspiration in this called the holiness we have in recognizing that the saints that we put up on these pedestals did not have this perfect journey in that experience. All right. And I think that's where this is even going of the perfect person to imitate is Jesus Christ. And that's what, who the saints point to. Now, what the saints do for us is we can see in their lives, a particular element that reflects Jesus Christ so well. Mm. And we got to capture that. Wow. That's beautiful. So this document that you pulled it from, Gaudete et Exultate, written by Pope Francis, that first word, Gaudete, is quite poignant because this upcoming Sunday in the church we call Gaudete Sunday. What? (laughs) So Gaudete et Exultate, most closely translated into English, my understanding would be rejoice and be glad. So that first word, Gaudete, means rejoice. Deacon Jordan, tell our listeners, why is it that we have this rose-colored Sunday on the third Sunday of Advent in the middle of everything? We go from purple to rose for one day. Oh, funny you should ask. Great (laughs) question. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll give it my best. So I'm not a liturgist, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Advent is a penitential season like Lent is. So Lent is a preparing for Easter, for Christ's resurrection. And Advent is a preparation for Christ's incarnation. That's one part. The second part is an anticipation of Christ's second coming. And as we're in this penitential season, we wear a violet color. But not to get lost in penance and reconciliation, the church in Advent has Gaudete Sunday to recall we share in Christ's joy, even in the midst of our penance. Just like Lent, we have Laetare Sunday that we can't lose sight of our joy in the midst of penance and reconciliation. Mm. That we have much to celebrate in these anticipated holidays of the incarnation in the second coming and also in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. In this context, fits really well into this Exodus 90 program I've been doing for the last several days that ends officially on Christmas Day, which we picked it during that time for that reason, that there's leading up to a day of celebration and joy. Because in this Exodus 90 program, and what I'm hearing you talk about, Deacon Jordan, it's talking specifically about a call to transformation, to conversion, in the sense of freedom is one way that we talk about that. So you're not getting rid of certain things or, you know, abstaining from certain things, choosing certain ascetic practices, um, like fasting on a certain day, just for the sake of fasting, just for the sake of struggling. You're just saying, you know, oh, my life is too comfortable, so I need to make some things hard, and that's going to make me have good perspective. There is good perspective that comes from ascetic practices, from abstaining from things like having a meatless day or a fasting day or, you know, fasting from TV, from social media. But what's it rooted in? It needs to be rooted in our relationship with God and what you just articulated ultimately pointing us to the word I use lately is freedom. But that freedom, what is that doing? It's restoring. <laughs> Got brave heart over you. Nice, nice. Yeah. And it's essentially restoring us to a truer, inner, deep sense of joy when we find that freedom in God, in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I love that these moments, like a program like Exodus 90 or the season of Advent or Lent are opportunities inviting us for transformation. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Christian story is about. The world and even us as Christians can, can think that piety looks so serious or that pious people don't have fun or don't love life. And I can recall listening to a, a podcast before joining the community And this podcast that I was listening to was out of Boston College. I think it was a lecture series of the church in the 21st century. And the guest that they had speaking that night was Father James Martin, the Jesuit priest. And he was talking about, at that time, his new book entitled Between Heaven and Mirth, Why Joy, Humor, and Laughter Are at the Heart of the Spiritual Life. And what I loved about this is his presentation was all about jokes. And something very profound for me in his speaking that I think our church doesn't do so well is whenever we look at a stained glass window or a statue of a saint or of Jesus or of Mary and Joseph, all these all these holy men and women, they always look so serious. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if our imagination can't move past a piety that is serious. And James Martin says, if we want to attract people to our life as Christians, if we want to attract people to our life as Norbertines, we have to be joyful. Mm -hmm. Like 
we have to share the good news. How do we live this? But in in you know sharing joy, humor, and laughter, mm-hmm. um, of experiencing that breath of human emotion, and I think that's what our Catholic faith does so well of just sharing in the joy of what God has created. While our Christian life and and piety isn't always uh, about jokes and laughter it always reflects a joyfulness that this life is worth living because I believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. In his book, Priests for the Third Millennium, Cardinal Dolan talks about that a lot, how the sign of God's presence in a priest, um, you know, because he's writing specifically to men who are studying to be priests, the sign of God's presence in us is this joy that we are truly open to and reflecting this joy because what is that coming from? Recognizing if God is dwelling in me and I really do try to believe and understand this mystery of how profoundly God loves me and what God is has done and is always doing for me, the only response really truly can be this profound expression of joy and mm-hmm. what we've been given. Yeah, and my own reflection for this podcast, it's for me it raises the question of our church, our God, our Norbertine family doesn't need another angry religious or another angry priest or Mm -hmm. another angry person Mm -hmm. and how can we be transformed to to experience the joyfulness of what christianity offers us of what god offers us in our vocations right yeah i love that reflection if i'm getting too serious about my vocational call and thinking i have to do everything right and i'm getting serious about it the world's not going to rejoice that oh great you know frater jonathan is getting angry and is going to be ordained and is going to work really hard yeah yeah. It's not about fake happiness, you know, or just like, I'm going to smile all the time. That's joy. Like, no, a deep joy, one, is what I think helps protect people from burning out because then it's a true source, not trying to rely on yourself. But two, it's, you know, what are you bringing then to the world? What are you giving? Is a deep joy cause love? That's what that's coming out of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is where then, back to this car conversation we were having, this is my focus currently in my own formation and reflecting my own call to holiness is what does this expression of joy look like for me? And what does this experience of joy feel like? So in light of Gaudete Sunday coming up here, I looked ahead at the readings, the first and second reading for this Sunday, and they are two of my favorite, favorite verses that talk about joy in the Bible. The first reading is from the prophet Zephaniah. It's chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. But in that, actually, it's chapter 3, verse 17 that I love, that I love. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty Savior, who will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in his love, who will sing joyfully because of you as on festival days. I mean, to help us understand God's love for us by taking this profound word of joy and using that as a lens to understand how God feels about us and to sit with that for a minute. Man, Really, every day I would benefit from sitting with that just for a little bit in silence and recognize God will sing joyfully because of me, that Mm -hmm. God has made me and sings joyfully because of me. And again, if I'm actually letting that into my heart, if I'm believing that, anxiety, fears, worries should just disappear because God loves me and sings joyfully because of this creation. And that's true for all of us. And what what captured my eye in that that verse is, as on festival days, hmm. like celebration. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah. And that's funny because that's, it's an interesting break in the verses. Verse 17 ends at who will sing joyfully because of you. The sentence actually ends in the beginning part of verse 18 oh, okay. as on festival days. 
So I'm glad you bring that up because it is. It's like I, I would work on memorizing 317 and leave out the as on festival days. But yeah, it's it's like it's not just, <laughs> right. It's not just like a little bit of joy. This is like this is serious joy. This is a this is a big joy. This yeah. is a lot of joy. That's great. And then this Sunday, the second reading from Philippians, St. Paul's letter to the Philippians is in chapter four. And for the reading, we hear verses four through seven. And a lot of people recognize chapter four, verse four from Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again, rejoice. Which is just a beautiful and wonderful idea to center on. Just rejoice. Mm -hmm. Things can get so complicated. So let's just put it into one sentence, two sentences here. Rejoice in the Lord always. (laughs) And in case you didn't get it, I shall say it again. Rejoice, you know, real clear. What we won't hear this Sunday, but what I really love, beyond all that beautiful talk about joy and letting go of anxiety, verses 8 and 9 immediately after that say, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. And if you're reading the NABRE translation, which is what we hear on Sundays in church, that section, verses 4 through 9, is called joy and peace. And I love that, that it's taking this experience, this human experience of joy, and putting it together with peace as our way of understanding our relationship with God. Verse 6 says, have no anxiety at all. Oh, gosh, that's so easy to say and to hear, but to believe that? Yeah, right. I mean, I let, <laughs> yeah. th- I let things get me. You know, I get anxious. I get worried really easily. But if I'm focusing on what verse 8 says, things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, what am I paying attention to? If I'm paying attention to those things, then I will find joy. And in that joy, I will find peace. So to me, this discussion in the car we were having I'm focusing on joy right now because that's what this response to God's holiness looks like for me. If I'm really listening to God's call to holiness and how it's expressed in God's profound love for me, and if I'm letting that even begin to sink in to actually believe that, I'm learning that my only true response can be joy. And if I'm letting things rob that joy from me, it's because I'm losing sight of that true center of who God is, how Christ died for us, what we're waiting for in Advent right now, the coming of the Lord, right? That Jesus Mm -hmm. will come again and that there's really this true sense of joy, overwhelming joy is really the only true way that we can respond to such an offering of love in our lives. Mm -hmm. Amen. If you want to learn more about the podcast, go to www.norbertines.org, click on the podcast tab. You can also contact us by clicking on contact the podcast team. You can also find us on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe, leave us a rating and a review, give us some feedback. You can also find us on Facebook. So like us on Facebook and your input is really valuable to us as we continue in developing our podcast. I know recently I found uh, sharing with Frater Jonathan about the opportunities to preach of just people's feedback and everybody has different likes and dislikes but feedback is always so important so we can strive to do better and to grow in holiness mm-hmm. amen nice tie in yeah, yeah. as this podcast is released the church celebrates our lady of guadalupe mm-hmm. happy feast day to our lady of guadalupe viva viva especially all those out there who are celebrating 
usually for 24 hours at their churches. Such wonderful, joyful occasions. Hey, <laughs> You're up for the long haul. Yeah. It's great. Thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. And one quick announcement for you, our listeners. Our next podcast episode will be coming out one week later than usual because this next podcast would land on the day after Christmas. And we all need to take time to celebrate what's important, the incarnation of our Lord in our lives and what that means for us. So enjoy your time with family this Advent and Christmas season. God bless you all. And there will be another episode coming forth the following Wednesday, January 2nd. As we continue to strive for holiness, we will continue to keep our listeners in prayer. And we ask that you continue to pray for us. May God continue to bless you, bless us, bless our families, our nation, and our world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. Saints Norbert and Augustine. Pray Pray for for us. us.